What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today we're talking about hybrids. What happens when you stick two different animals together and let nature take its course? Some wacky evolutionary mix-ups. We're talking scientists who accidentally created a hybrid, how hybridization works in the first place, and the mysteries of animals like the Narluga and Pisley. Discover this more as we answer the age-old question, how come scientists tried to make a Jesus fish? Joining me today to hybridize our thoughts is my producer, Joelle Monique, and writer, viral hashtag creator, such as hashtag what Black Panther means to me, PR professional, writer for AV Club, THR, and Comics Beat, Kayla Maria. Welcome, Kayla. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So I'm really excited about this episode because hybrids are, it's a real mind bender type situation when you think about, oh, right, different animals can create offspring sometimes. It's a mistake of nature. It's one of those things where you kind of go back to that uh, Dwight saying of where he's, you know, I've walked in on animals of all types, uh, you know, a couple pigs on a chicken and things like that. And you're like, oh, <laughs> that's weird. But it's like, oh, it could definitely happen. Well, I don't think pigs and a chicken could happen. But, you know, different Well, my first exposure to hybrids was, I think, Napoleon Dynamite, the movie, and he was drawing a liger and talking about how this was a cross between a tiger and a lion. And I thought it was just funny movie stuff, but I looked it up and it's real. So that was that kind of blew my mind. Seems like a real oopsie goofer on the part of Mother Nature to have that happen, but it does occasionally happen. So, a hybrid is when two species of animals are able to reproduce, creating an offspring that 
spits in the eye of God. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so the species have to be similar enough genetically for it to work, such as a horse and a donkey. You can't breed a turtle with a giraffe, no matter how awesome that is sounding now as I'm visualizing it. Where would all the neck go, though? <laughs> like a, one of those retractable measuring tapes, I guess, into the into the turtle shell. I'm picturing a really giant turtle shell that like acts as a turtle neck around the long <laughs> neck, you know, all of it coming together. That's so much extra vertebrae. Where, <laughs> like, there's no like, would it be like an accordion thing? Right. I do like that. And then it'd make like sounds. Yeah, I like that. I'm into that. It's really genetically impossible for that to happen. But sometimes there are surprising hybrids that happen on accident. So I want to talk first about some animal news. Later in the show, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty on how hybrids work. And we'll have to talk about how generally reproduction works. So you know, I'm going to give you guys the birds and the bees talk. But first, I want to talk about the inspiration for this week's episode, which is this absolutely buck wild news story about the sturtlefish. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes, scientists accidentally, which is the best kind of science, <laughs> created the sturtlefish. So... I have shared with you guys a picture of the sturtlefish. I just want you to take, just really absorb that. Take that in. Um, Appreciate it's a it. fish with a nose. How? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got a nose. If I'm quite honest, it looks like something that has been created on DeviantArt before it was created <laughs> in science. So I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's like a Pinocchio fish type of situation. It's got a pretty doofy looking mouth. It looks a little bit like a Mr. Burns fish from The Simpsons. Yes. This fish is holding its little fins together going, excellent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I have so many questions. I'm going to let that happen. I get, I'm going to guess that one of your questions is how did this happen and who allowed it to happen <laughs> so this is a hybrid of the american paddlefish and a russian sturgeon so it's kind of like a cold war spy thriller romance situation going okay. on okay you know, it's a sexy russian sturgeon stealing the heart of an american paddlefish but is the sturgeon really a spy a spurgeon? No, that's not. All right, moving on. <laughs> so an American paddlefish is itself quite an interesting looking animal. I've shown you a picture of a man proudly holding a paddlefish. It, its body looks sort of like any old fish, kind of like a tuna or something. But then its snout is... Very long, like a paddle. Thus its name, a paddlefish. <laughs> is this cousins with a swordfish? It's, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's direct cousins with the swordfish, but it's probably not. I mean, they're both wraith and fish. It's probably not like super, super far away from the swordfish, but no, I don't think they are cousins necessarily. Um, and the Russian sturgeon looks quite a bit different it's 
kind of a bit of a, I don't know how, like a little cat, more catfish looking. It's got sort of a flat bottom. It's got a spiky back. It is a bottom feeder. And it, yeah, it looks, it looks like a, well, I'm going to say it looks like a placostomus a little bit, knowing full well most people don't know what a placostomus looks That's like. That's not help. I got this, Katie. Okay. Imagine <laughs> a catfish with a mohawk, but then yeah. what is like the, if you've ever seen the device your dad uses to trim the hedges, it's like long mm -hmm. with a lot of razors on it. That's on the bottom of the fish. <laughs> okay, and then yes, it's yes. got like little whiskers up front and like kind of like um, a mongoose snout on it. It's very strange to look at. And when it's like all shiny and black, it's like even weirder. So wait, is D also a sturgeon? Because that kind of looks... Like a cat, it's got such a long snout. So you're looking at, yeah, you're looking at a diagram here on the, we have these fish helpfully labeled A, B, C, and D. <laughs> and it kind of looks a bit like an anamorphs, but really what it is is that uh, these are pictures taken by these scientists that accidentally created the sturtle fish. <laughs> a, fish A is just a Russian sturgeon, and fish D is an American paddlefish, and the fish in the middle are the happy little accident that happens when you accidentally crossbreed the sturgeon with the paddlefish. C is Cinderella, and B is the ugly stepsister. Wow. <laughs> one is like smooth and sleek and kind of like dolphin-like almost, yeah. and the other one is like clearly the rebel of the family with the spiky yes. mohawk previously mentioned, and like more of a shark look to it on the back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you can see that there are different iterations of these hybrids. You have quite a big genetic salad to choose from as these hybrids, and there are different flavors of these hybrids. So the story of how this happened is, I guess, a meat-cute kind of thing for fish or something. <laughs> so... Aquatic ecologists at the Research Institute for Fisheries and Aquaculture in Hungary were trying to see if they could get the sturgeon to reproduce via gynogenesis. So gynogenesis is actually a form of asexual reproduction where an egg is triggered to create a clone of itself by the presence of sperm, but without the genetic contribution of the sperm. So Basically, you have the female egg and the male sperm, and the male sperm comes up and tries to fertilize the egg, and the egg is like, cool, I'm going to make a baby now, see you later, get the hell out of here, and the sperm just dissolves into nothingness and doesn't actually contribute anything genetically to the offspring. And it may be surprising, but fish can reproduce asexually, as can reptiles and amphibians. And gynogenesis is just one form of asexual reproduction that does require the presence of sperm. But again, it is there's no gene contribution from the sperm. So they were trying to get this to happen in sturgeons by introducing what they thought would be incompatible sperm of the paddlefish because they thought very reasonably that these extremely different fish would be too different to fall in love and create novice. <laughs> <laughs> would be too different to be able to sexually reproduce. So for 
so, so you understand the relationship between these fish, sturgeons and paddlefish are in the same order of animals. So they're somewhat related, but when you think about it, humans are in the order primates. So like, be like assuming that we could mate with a lemur, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, though, you could having those stripes, just natural, bold, beautiful stripes would be great. And being able to jump around. I'm into it. <laughs> the the legs, incredible. Like everyone now has supermodel lemur length legs. Yes. But you also have arms, which means short people, we're reaching the tops of cabinets. <laughs> it's really a level up. As as a as a proud five five, I would roll that. <laughs> Thoroughly. Yeah, and you know, I when I was a kid, I took ballet and I was a big animal nerd. So, of course, obviously, most popular kid in school, but <laughs> I found out that lemurs move by doing the sachet from side to side. They do the the side uh jumping yeah. and which is also a ballet move. Now, I'm a bad ballet student, so I don't exactly remember what the move was called, but I Kayla, do you know? Kayla yeah, does some dance wait, stuff. Kayla, did you do ballet too? Yes, or I did. Dance? Wow. Most popular girl in school. <laughs> I was in dance and theater. So You and me both. So popular. Okay, so what was so describe the move again so that I can The way lemurs move is a is, it's like a side to side jump, sort of like a sachet. For, is it just called the sachet? I think it's a sachet. Where, yeah, it's just a sachet. Yeah, okay, it is called a sachet. Yeah. So they they do the sachet move and I was watching Animal Planet as popular girls do and uh it was talking about how this was an energy efficient move for the lemurs. So guess what I started to do all the time? Sachet like a lemur around because hey, if it's good enough for lemurs, it's good enough for me, Katie Golden. <laughs> if you're a kid of the 90s, you had Zabumafu and you fell in love with yes. him. So, yes. So, you know. Me and Zabumafu, we go way back. Yeah, I just, you know, I think that he just gave us a really great appeal that we definitely gravitated to. Yes, yeah. He was, he was iconic. A heartthrob. My preteen heartthrob was Zabumafu. So, <laughs> anyways, back on topic. So, sturgeons and paddlefish are in the same order, like we're in the same order of primates. So, again, it, it'd be like assuming a human and Zibumbafu could create some kind of offspring, um, which obviously doesn't happen except for on DeviantArt. So, sturgeons and paddlefish diverged over 184 million years ago and have been living apart ever since. So the fact that all it took was some kinky Hungarian scientist to matchmake for them to, su to successfully reproduce hybrids is really mind-blowing. So sturgeons and paddlefish not only look very unlike each other, they also have different behaviors. Sturgeons are bottom feeders and eat small crustaceans, whereas paddlefish filter fleed filter feed plankton so again couldn't be more different but just genetically similar enough that somehow this unholy union created offspring <laughs> so when the researchers introduced the paddlefish sperm to the sturgeons they reproduced 
sexually, not asexually, like the scientists had thought would happen, and combined the paddlefish and sturgeon formed the sturtlefish. Which is a name that, when you look at a sturtlefish, and I hope you do, and I'll include a link so you can, it does encapsulate it. Don't you think it's an appropriate name? Absolutely. Uh, because it's kind of nerdy, but also like in a way where nerdy sort of becomes cool. And you're like, what is this original looking creature that I see before me? It is too bizarre, but kind of weird. I love him. You know, it's got a lot of, I think that's, that's one thing you don't really get with a lot of fish, especially, um, you know, sturgeons. It's personality. Yeah. Sturtlefish definitely has personality. Are you saying that this is the miscongeniality of sturgeons? <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I think it's a confident nose, too. I sincerely love a confident nose. Does that make mm, sense? It does. Yeah. Just a nose that, to me, is I'm I'm so confident. This is the centerpiece the centerfold of my face and i love it it's a, a very cyrano i do yes i do love that i always thought cyrano was the hot one <laughs> even the even the steve martin version <laughs> <laughs> so not only did the hybrid successfully hatch, which is quite an accomplishment for a hybridized animal, but they also had a fairly good survival rate with over a hundred of them still alive. So often hybrids can be fertilized or even born, but then they're either stillborn or they're unable to survive due to massive genetic issues. And what's interesting is beyond just sort of the physical characteristics being a combination where they get the paddlefish's nose and they get the sturgeonfish's overall body. They also seem to have a combination of behavior. So they got a carnivorous bottom feeding behavior from their mothers and this long nose from their fathers. And so it's it's just really interesting that it's it at hybrids sometimes act in the way that they would in a kid's cartoon, like in Dragon Ball or something, where, <laughs> where two characters form a fusion and it's a fusion of their personality and looks. And in nature, it often works somewhat similarly. It's really interesting. It's, it's very much so even hybrid as, as humans, like the features that we get and the traits and the genes that we get to carry on from our mothers and, and fathers. Um, yeah. Even the things that we don't want. So this poor sturtlefish probably did not want to be carnivorous. It probably wanted to be a vegan and bless its heart. <laughs> <laughs> How are they, what's their like survival rate? Are they being released into the wild or they're just in this little farm? Yeah, no, they're not being released into the wild. That would be not good. You don't really want to create a hybrid and then release it into the wild, not only because Probably they wouldn't survive in the wild and it wouldn't be very nice to the hybrids themselves. But also if they did were successful, then that would be damaging to the animals already living in that environment. So actually they are keeping them alive because they they don't want to just euthanize all of them. So they say they're going to take care of them 
right now, like until I guess for the rest of their lives, just keep them and take care of them. But they don't plan on making more of these hybrids because there's not really a scientific reason to do that other than them being adorable, sweet little babies who I want to have and name all of them. And they would have names like like Mr. Jeffers and <laughs> Nosy McNoseface and so on. I but love yeah. that he started naming them and I was like, I wonder how they taste. This is a limited time only fish, okay? I have questions. Look, when Mr. Jeffers passes away, if he writes in his fish will that he wants me to eat him, I will honor it. Here for it. So interestingly, some of the hybrids doubled up on their mother's DNA. So they have two sets of their mom's chromosomes and only one set of their dad's. And others have half mom and half dad, which is typically the case for sexual reproduction. It's the case for humans. So yeah, it gets, it gets pretty interesting it, the way that hybrids work. And genetics is it's something that is very complicated once you really start to get into the weeds on it and the way that these things interact. It's not exactly like just throwing two sets of ingredients in together and stirring them around, but it's a little bit like that, which makes it confusing. <laughs> so the fact that they're able to breed means that genetically they may not be as different as biolo biologists had previously assumed so either they are closer on the evolutionary tree than biologists had thought, or they aren't, but they just didn't, their genes didn't change that much or are just similar enough that they can create these hybrids. So yeah, <laughs> I just love that these scientists were not trying to create a hybrid like in so many science fiction horror movies, and oopsie ditters, we made one. And we called it the sturtlefish. It's just so fitting. Like, because when you see a cuttlefish in real life, that's not something I want to cuddle. But that only speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it looks spiny and uncomfortable, Katie. Cuttlefish? What? They're not, s most of them aren't spiny. Are they not? Am I thinking of the wrong fish? Let me see. Cuttlefish are a type of cephalopod. Cephalopods. And I'm not a huge fan squishy. of cephalopods. I'm terrified. I have an ear. It looks like Cthulhu. That's why I'm not cuddling that thing. <laughs> well, that makes one of us. Katie <laughs> and the cuttlefish uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, look. If Cthulhu, if Cthulhu does rise from the depths and I've been the one cuddling all his children, we know where that's going to put me. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> the Sturtlefish is not the only accidental hybrid to have flopped into existence. Here are a few other hybrids humans have just stumbled their way into creating through science, gardening, or farming. Purple tomatoes, grapefruit, which is a cross between an orange and pomelo, killer bees, and super tooth-necked fungus beetles. That's just a few examples, but there are all sorts of hybrid mishaps that happen. So 
How do they happen? When we return, we'll get cellular to talk about how hybrids happen and how sex works. That's right, folks. We're going to see some hot mitosis and meiosis action. Aw, uh, yeah. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So we've talked about how scientists can accidentally create a fun new hybrid. And I think I want to get into detail a little bit about how hybrids work and we'll have to talk a little bit about generally how reproduction works so you know I'm, I'm gonna sit down with you maybe sit backwards in a chair act really cool like a cool youth counselor and be like hey <laughs> hey let's talk look there's nothing gross about life kids there's nothing gross about the creation of new life all right Let's all be let's all be adults about this, okay? Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, like that Kayla and I clearly cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say sperm, someone's just gonna giggle a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right, settle down. So <laughs> so hybrids can potentially result from anything that can sexually reproduce. So that includes plants and animals. It typically happens with organisms that are pretty close on the evolutionary tree. So when we look at taxonomy, so uh, that is kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, speci species, you can remember this, with King Philip came over for good soup. Of course, the alternative version is naughty, and I dare not repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> but hybrids really 
only happen on the more specific branches such as order, family, genus, species. So you, to kind of put this in perspective, you know, a plant and a human aren't going to hybridize. Sorry, Poison Ivy fans. <laughs> a, a cat and a cow aren't going to hybridize. You have to be close enough that your genes at least somewhat make sense. The user manual for each animal has to be in the same basic language. It has to somewhat fit together. So what's interesting, though, is it isn't, it, there can be some degrees of separation that are surprising, but most often we have interspecific hybrids. So that's when two species, such as a horse and a zebra, within the same genus mate. So this is typically how most hybrids happen. So, you know, horse and zebra, horse and donkey, Zebra and donkey. I'm really stuck on the... The, <laughs> the donkeys. <laughs> the donkeys. Yeah, but, you know, a horse and a donkey create a mule. A horse and a zebra create a zorse. A zebra and a donkey create a zonkey. But they're all, they're all equines, so it somewhat makes sense. But intergeneric hybrids happen when... Animals from two different genuses, such as sheep and goats, mate, creating a hybrid. So this is much more rare, and often these hybrids don't survive. And then even more rare are interfamilial hybrids. So interfamilial hybrids happen when animals from two different families, such as chickens and pheasants, or as we just talked about, sturgeons and paddlefish reproduce and it is very very rare that's why that news story we talked about is such a big deal this hardly ever happens and finally what is practically unheard of but technically possible is interordinal hybrids and this is usually like only in lab experiments that you can even begin to get this to happen so this is I think some mad scientists created a sand dollar sea urchin hybrid and they are from different orders. The hybrids, it, now it's, it's different because they have a weird way of reproducing. They have this larval stage that is all wonky. So I'm not, I'm not going to get into too much detail. Suffice it to say, it was an extremely strange experiment and there's not really spiky sand dollars walking around the ocean floor. This is a very rare event that's usually just just in a lab on a on a hill amidst thunderclaps and lightning and, and mad cackling. So the reason it's hard to have genetically dissimilar animals create hybrids hybrids and the reason that these hybrids are often sterile has to do with how sexual reproduction works. So here we go, everybody. Everybody, let's just be adults about it. No giggling. Nothing See? about this is funny. Sperm isn't funny. It's <laughs> very serious. So ah. some maturity, please. <laughs> Remember that? I love that when, when, I, when we would have a teacher that would say, children, please be mature. Mature. <laughs> you knew she was serious. Yes. She brought out that New England accent. Yes, yes. So... When a sperm meets an egg and reproduces sexually, this is what happens typically. So, 
The gametes, which are the sperm and the egg, each have one set of chromosomes. So in humans, this may be kind of reiterating stuff you guys learned in biology class, but humans typically have 23 chromosomes in the sperm cell and 23 chromosomes in the egg cell. And then when they fuse, they create a single cell called a zygote, which has 46 chromosomes. Then this zygote must divide to create a more complex organism, and it does so through mitosis. And I feel like a bunch of people are getting flashbacks to school and feeling really uncomfortable and sweating, sweaty, but let me reassure you, this is actually pretty simple when you take away all the diagrams and, and so on and models. Remember having to make cell models out of styrofoam and jelly beans? Ooh, so much fun. I really like, I, whenever I made a project and it involved some kind of candy, even though it was like stale and covered in glue, I would still eat it once, once, it, got once it got grated. That's like my claim to fame that I bring all the time. I'd be like, yes, so I did a animal cell and a plant cell using candy, airheads and the like. Yes. Yes. Did you eat them? Um, I did not. My mom had this crazy idea that instead of glue, you could use toothpaste. And I was like, okay, that ruins it. <laughs> I was like, no. Cleaning my teeth while eating candy? What kind of insanity? I know that I had to make two, two trips to the store because I used, I want to say I used, I used the sour straws. Oh, nice. Those are great. The, um, what is it? The endo... Kayla, come on. The Golgi bodies? So like I wrapped it and I did the whole thing. And but I I failed because I used strawberry, which is my favorite. And I mm. kept eating it while putting the project together. So um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds great. I would have been eating that though after, even with the toothpaste. I had no shame when it came to candy. So so imagine your animal cell that you made out of candy. When you have that single cell zygote, it's got to duplicate a bunch of times before it becomes anything more complex than a single cell. So in order to do this, it duplicates all of its DNA. And then the whole mitosis charts happen where you see these like lines and stuff. And really all that's happening is... The DNA lines up so that when you split the cell down the middle, it has two copies of the exact same DNA. So it, it doubles its DNA, splits it in half so that both cells are now the like two of the same cell as it began with. So it'd be like, it's sort of, I guess it'd be like if you, now that's weird. I was going to say it'd be like if you cloned yourself by growing all of your body, twice all of your <laughs> body parts, and then lined up so that when you got split down the middle, each of the new yous would have everything you need. But then that horrified me a little bit. I'll leave it in, though. <laughs> that is the coolest sci-fi movie that has yet to be made, okay? <laughs> it's like weird science meets... Um, oh, crud. What's the one from the 80s where they cut the top of the guy's head off? Not whittling it down, really. That is, you know, <laughs> entirely fair. Entirely fair. I'm gonna. It's gonna come to reanimator. Yes. Thank you, Katie. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> it's like a combination of reanimator and weird science, and I'm here for it. Yes. Yes. 
And that's what happens every time you have a baby. <laughs> Adorable. So for a hybrid, this process is a little trickier. For a hybrid to be successful, first the sperm must successfully trigger a fertilization event in the egg, creating a zygote. And a lot of hybrids don't necessarily even read that reach this stage because the sperm and the egg are just too different. They're speaking different languages there. Then the zygote must be able to successfully duplicate and the combined DNA from its father and mother must be legible to each other and match up enough that you create a functioning animal. So basically it's like you have two instruction manuals from Ikea that you're cutting in half and combining. So if you get it for like God, I can't think of good IKEA names. I'm trying to think of what my my couch was. There's I... a Doxta table. Thank you. Ectorp sofa. <laughs> yes, I have the Ectorp. Poang armchair. <laughs> I like the. I'm not even gonna lie though. The Calyx shelving units are prime. So yes. good. No shade at, at IKEA. I have a few IKEA things in my apartment. So, but yeah, it'd be like taking something for the Ektorp couch and a table and trying to combine them and you're going to create something that doesn't function. Whereas if you took two sets of manuals for maybe a couch and then a slightly different couch, but they're still couches, hey, maybe you'll just create some kind of couch hybrid that has armrests and cup holders. Who knows? <laughs> So that answers like why hybrids aren't just constantly happening, why you can't get a turtle giraffe no matter how much I want it to happen. But why are hybrids often sterile? Like you can create this animal, then why can't that animal mate? And that is because of the difference between mitosis, that process we just talked about where an egg is replicating itself, and the process of meiosis, which is it's great when you're just missing like one letter for a very similar process. Uh, cool move, scientists. But yeah, meiosis is when you are actually creating gametes, you're creating sex cells. So in meiosis, you are creating new sex cells by jumbling up your DNA into non-exact copies. So mitosis, you're creating exact copies of the same cell Meiosis, you're creating something new by shuffling stuff around. It's like shuffling a deck of cards, and now you've got a new deck of cards. So um, in mitosis, if you have two sets of chromosomes that are not from the same species and don't exactly match up, it's not necessarily a death sentence. Like there could be, you know, it, it, it's, it, you're, you know, basically shuffling together these two manuals. They're pretty similar. And if it isn't quite right, you could still potentially build a couch but if your whole thing is like taking these two manuals and then shuffling them all up at random and then putting them together i don't know what you're gonna make but it's certainly not gonna be a couch <laughs> so that is why mules cannot reproduce does that make sense you guys do you have any questions no it totally makes sense i would it's disappointing because i think it'd be cool if like we just started like quadrupling down on these animals, like if a liger, and I don't know what the cross between a panther and was it a tiger or was a panther and a lion, 
one of those truly exists. It looks epic as hell. And if it made it with the Liger, I imagine have like a black body, but like a white mane or something with tiger stripes. And that's just so cool. I feel like nature's really cheating us on this one. I don't want to down Mother Nature, but... I love that you just described an affliction shirt. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's just like the image I see. It's like always these like very like overly depicted animals and like technically they end up looking like hybrids on those shirts. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just one of those things and thoughts that... Even more so, I think what you're describing is a Panthera hybrid, yes. uh, which again, isn't that a, that's a band, Panthera? Isn't that a... Pantera. Panteras. Yeah. It's like heavy metal. Oh, wait. I think my boyfriend listens to that. I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a Panthera hybrid is a crossbreed between either tigers, lions, jaguars, or leopards. And we'll actually get into that a little more later. But yes, absolutely. Yes. It is. It's, it's one of those things where for the sake of the environment and for, in terms of animal welfare, I don't think we should be intentionally creating hybrids unless there's some really good reason to do so. Like a real life Jurassic Park. Like a real life Jurassic Park. That's exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> think about it if we because we if you had the power we could make a a dragon yeah like we just keep breeding animals with each other until we're like <laughs> finally a dragon <laughs> i don't think it'd be too hard because you think about it you know birds are dinosaurs we've talked about this before mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all we need is some dinosaur dna of them that are the dinosaurs that are somewhat related to birds cross those up you got yourself a dragon Perfect. <laughs> we have the recipe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've been attacked by enough, you know, geese by walking past a lake or a pond, you know, have some sort of fear of those types of birds that can run very fast. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure I'm ready yet, but I'm, there, like, obviously there is a want out there for this. So, yeah. It's uh, people are clamoring for the the goose dino hybrids and maybe we'll make it happen. You know, it's 2020. Anything can happen. If if goose, I, I would prefer it to be goose dinosaur hybrids that happens, you know. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Let's that's technically bringing back raptors. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Just running after you. Yeah. Give them things. Okay. Reproduction didn't used to involve sex. Boring, right? Well, life on Earth used to reproduce asexually, so all organisms just made copies of themselves. At some point, an early prokaryotic cell, something like a bacteria, probably started exchanging genes, and eventually eukaryotic cells perfected the technique by not just exchanging genes, but recombining them, shuffling the deck. This new form of reproduction, sexual reproduction, allowed organisms to pull together their genetic resources and diversify, which gave them adaptive advantages, where they didn't have to rely on only a mutation for offspring to become more genetically diverse from the parent. So, hey parents, your kids may drive you crazy sometimes, but the fact that they're different from you means that we're not a huge clonal species. 
When we return, we're going to have some fun talking about real-life examples of some unbelievable hybrids. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag-A-Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, so now you guys, we are on to the most fun, the funnest part of the show where I talk about some real life hybrids that are, I think a lot of people know about the the Ligers and the Tigons and these big cat mixes, which are really cool. But I'm gonna talk about a few that I think are a little less known. So first of all, a little bit of information about hybrid naming conventions. Everybody's favorite subject on the show, naming conventions. <laughs> so the father species typically comes first and then the mothers, because I guess feminism has not come to hybrid naming conventions and it needs to, but a liger is a lion father and a tiger mother Uh, I I don't think this naming convention is always used. I certainly have seen news articles about hybrids that don't really use this naming convention. So I wouldn't always, if someone says this is a Tigon, it should technically be that the tiger is the father and the lion is the, wait, yes, the tiger is the father and the lion is the mother. But sometimes it's not, I don't know. But yeah, that is that is, has been traditionally the naming convention. And the reason it is actually of note which species is the father and which is the mother is that the genes attached to X or Y chromosomes do matter when you're creating a hybrid. So 
Uh, some genes are passed down through females and some through males. So you can get some really interesting things that happen with hybrids. So for instance, ligers are huge and they're a really interesting case because they get so big because usually lions get genes from females that inhibit male offspring growth, but female tigers don't do that. So if you have a male lion mate with a female tiger, you get a liger and male ligers can grow to be huge, huge animals, much larger than a lion or a tiger could get. And they're so pretty. They are beautiful. When we were watching Tiger King, like the rest of the world, um, and he goes, oh, this is a liger. My husband double taked and I was like, yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> I think that, I think Tiger King is a great example of my, my annoying moralizing though, where yes, these hybrids are really cool, but then when you realize that they are these animals that have been created just for entertainment and without much care to their health and well-being it's yes yeah, it's, it's not it's not great so i can appreciate how how cool they are and how interesting but when they're intentionally created just for entertainment i think that is you know not good <laughs> goes back to what you said there's no they have to stay where they are there's no way for them to go out anywhere yeah and so it's not for conservation because you can't release them to the wild. I don't think it's for any kind of scientific research or any, yeah, any ecological purpose. It's just for entertainment. So that's, you know, like, <laughs> I don't, I, I think when it's charming when the sturtlefish was created because they were not trying to do that. It was a happy accident and they were being really, the, the researchers are being really cool about it because they're going to take care of these fish for the rest of their lives, but they aren't going to create more of them or release them into the wild or anything. But yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, it's a, I am still very fascinated by hybrids, but it is definitely, we should not be creating like, you know, oh, we can cross this animal with this, and then we get like a pocket giraffe. <laughs> Not that that would actually work, but if it did work, though, I wish that ethically and scientifically speaking, it were possible. <laughs> Go ahead and um, make yeah. a, shrink, a shrink ray, and we're just going to put it and just shrink a giraffe down, and I'm just going to keep it in my front pocket of my shirt, and we're just going to go on adventures together. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, because I'm tired of being a wet blanket, I'm going to say, yes, dream your dreams. Dream your giraffe dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that science uh, is going to continue to try to push these types of animal creation hybrids? Because it does, they are, do seem to draw a crowd. Like, hmm. I mean, when Snapchat first came out, like, it was everybody had to have a picture with a tiger. And yeah. if you could get a liger or some kind of hybrid, like, ballish status. I don't think that would be coming from scientists, really. Because the, I think with a lot of scientists who do research into animals and I think it would be, mo most of them, I would assume, would be more worried about what would happen when they do this, like the, the implications. Now, there is research into creating hybridized DNA without actually creating a living animal. So you're sort oh. of mixing DNA 
and you're trying to create, you're basically trying to create a zygote or uh, a, an embryo without any intention of having it reach maturity. And so that I think could go on. But in terms of actually creating like living animal hybrids, I think there's, you know, there. The, I think in general, scientists who would be dealing with this would have ethical concerns. Um, that's not to say that it wouldn't ever happen, <laughs> you know, that, that there are, there are obviously times when I think uh, uh, things are not, uh, you know, uh, or it could be, there could be like a really good reason to hybridize certain animals, like for some kind of, say, important research on genetics that could potentially help with uh, medical research or something. But yeah, I, there's not often enough utility, I think, to really make it worthwhile. Unless, again, it's one of these things like that's done in a lab and you're not really creating living animals that, you know, have to live with the consequences. <laughs> so keeping it hypothetical. Yeah. Got it. Mostly. Yeah. I mean, hypothetical or at the sort of like zygote or multicellular stage. But sometimes you get, again, happy little accidents, just like Bob Ross making a painting, but the painting's made out of genes and DNA. So I want to talk about Jeeps or Geeps, Jeeps, Jeeps, not the car, but a goat <laughs> and a sheep hybrid. So we talked about this a little earlier about how goat and sheep hybrids are fairly rare because these are intergeneric hybrids. So these are animals from two different genuses. So not only are they different species, they're from completely different genuses, and they are not super, super close genetically, but they can't, they're just close enough that once in a while they can. So most hybrids between a goat and a sheep are stillborn, they don't survive. But those that do are incredibly cute. <laughs> and it's usually these happen by accident. So like you have a farmer who has a bunch of female sheep and has a male goat, but no male sheep. But somehow, oopsies, immaculate conception, except <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not a Jesus sheep. This is a shoat or a jeep being born. <laughs> Jesus sheep? Jesus sheep. You can't sheep. bypass that. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's a savior lamb. <laughs> He's adorable. And we are his flock. Um, it all makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's These are very cute. I've sent you guys a couple of photos of what are likely to be now it's hard to exactly verify to really verify it, you'd have to run a genetic test on these but these are these do appear to be genuine cases of a successful goat sheep hybridization event and they look like a goat and a sheep I guess. there's really not much better way to describe it because it's not even like it has a goat body and sheep fur like it's a pure yeah. blending of these two animals they are so stinking cute though yeah i really oh staring yeah. at this yeah. and i'm like where is the nearest petting farm where i can just <laughs> give it all the love in the world i wasn't down with goat yoga but i might be down with keep yoga <laughs> 
Shoat yoga. Yeah, it's, uh, they are extremely rare, unfortunately. So probably not coming to a petting zoo near you. <laughs> but yes, they are. It is, it is one of those things where it just feels like Mother Nature is thirst trapping us with these adorable animals that's like, oh, but you can't pet them because they almost never exist. Speaking of rare and adorable is the narluga. What, is a beluga whale and a narwhal? Yes. <laughs> what? Okay. All right. Here's what you have to understand. It's a freaking huge narwhal. Like narwhals are pretty big already. With beluga whale sized narwhal based on this picture and the tiny little fish underneath that guy. Holy cow. And no horn. No, that's what I'd say. There's no horn and all it's like, it's got the head. It's got that, you know, the, the, what do they call it? But it's like rounded at the top. The melon. It's called a melon. <laughs> so I'm just like, I have so many questions because technically a beluga whale can hear like they're like, they're just, their senses are all, like out of this world. But then like mm -hmm. a narwhal has a horn. And so. Um, it's actually a modified tooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're modified tooth. <laughs> I love when Katie has to put her nerd glasses on. Um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it looks. Is this a painting or an actual photo? Yes. So this is a painting. The okay. reason this is a painting is we don't actually have any confirmed photos of the Narluga, but we do know it exists, and this is because we have a skull of a Narluga from the 1980s that has puzzled scientists for over 30 years. So this skull had too many teeth for a narwhal and too few for a beluga. And just because there's no modified tooth, not all narwhals, especially females, don't typically have that modified tooth. So it's really the fact that this skull didn't seem like it could possibly be either a narwhal or a beluga, even though it seemed pretty close to either one of them. So a hunter in Greenland donated the skull, saying he had killed three strange-looking whales, which looked like <laughs> a mix between a narwhal and a beluga. Now, I'm not generally against hunting for sustenance, but... And, and I do think it's good this hunter donated the skull to the museum, but... If you see three potentially new animals, why are you Don't killing kill all, all of them? them? Yeah. You look interesting, but I'm going to murder <laughs> right. you. Yeah, you look uh you look like uh, something I've never seen before. Better kill it. <laughs> this is wild. I'm looking at the skulls, uh the narwhal, the narluga and a beluga whale, and it's weird because like both the narwhal and the beluga whale seem to have a more narrow mouth than the hybrid creature that comes out of them. Mm. And also, can nar do narwhals have eyes? Yes. Their skull, where in their skull pattern? They're Let me tiny. See. Let me see oh, like right on the side, like a shark? You see where like the jaw, the jaw like bone, the jaw joint is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it would be, the eyes would be like, behind right that it. yeah Ugh. above and behind that yeah that freaks me <laughs> out you can't see straight ahead of you just on either side what yeah. does that brain pattern information look well, like well but they can also echolocate so they are seeing Ugh. seeing with their brains That's so and cool. sounds yeah 
Kayla, who is the Star Wars character that's like a robot with a skull and four arms? Hmm. General, is that Grievous? General Grievous. Yeah, that's what Skull is giving me a lot of General <laughs> Grievous vibes. Narluga Skull, and I am getting Skeksis from uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Skeksis, yeah. Very, mm-hmm. Like, that's all I hear. <laughs> Which is funny because that is kind of what whales sound like sometimes under the water. Like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe to- maybe Skeksis is, is whales. Ah, cute. <laughs> Do you think we'd be able to recreate the sound that it makes? Oh, maybe. Little, sort of like that. Like. Remember when they took that mummy and recreated the voice? And it was, which mummy, which mummy was that? Was that King Tut or Ramses? So. Was on. it Ramses? Uh, Ram- mummy voice. But they recreated the vocal cords and voice box and larynx and then they you so they did this whole process they used an mri then they 3d printed out its voice box and vocal cords and then they were very ceremoniously pronounced that they were able to produce a single sound from <laughs> this recreated voice and they I guess pumped air through this this model, and the voice was. This is Nesayum. He was an Egyptian okay. priest. Yes, yes, and and the way they just so it was so officiously announced, like a voice from from thousands of years ago, and now we can hear it echoing across the centuries. <laughs> So, to answer your question, maybe they could recreate a Narluga vocal uh, voice box, and then it just goes. Eh. Oh, that's always that's like that's. It's just funny to me because that's what the that's another thought that comes into my mind with these hybrids. It's like okay, so which which noise are they going to take on? Yeah. Um. And 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 where does that fall within the traits that they're going to great uh, to get? That's that's very interesting to kind of think about, like, how would it sound? Yeah. And it's I mean, it's one of those things where this skull, it looks it looks like it's some kind of hoax, like this hunter brought it in, but he just glued some narwhal parts to a beluga skull. But they ran DNA analysis on it 30 years after it was donated, and it revealed that it was a true hybrid with a narwhal mother and a beluga father. So... You know, again, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, and this hunter, if he's to be believed, said he saw three of them, so it probably, they were probably all related, it was probably just a narwhal that fell in love with a beluga and had children. I love this love story. Yes. I love how cute it is. I love that it's sort of Romeo and Juliet, we're from different sides of the ocean. Yeah. Maybe we're not supposed to hang out. Our baby is freaking cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love is gorgeous. Coming to a tumbler near you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and here's another one. I, I bet you can guess just based on this photo of what this animal is. So I, get, I sent you guys. This is a big cat hybrid. What do you think uh, it is? Wait, lepion? Or is it a, a lion purred? 
It's, what do we call this? That's very close. It's a Leopon. Leopon. That makes sense. Yes. Leo is very helpful in pronouncing this name. So this, this is a... This guy scares me. <laughs> I love it. I think it's awesome. It looks like I'm getting very... Oh, what's the... What's what were those super colorful notebooks that we Lisa, had in elementary it's very school? Very Lisa Frank. Wow. Very Lisa Frank. Yes. Coolest girl in school. So <laughs> <laughs> So a leopon is the hybrid of a male leopard and female lion. They are very rare. They only happen in captivity because leopards and lions do not share the same continent so they are leopards are found in south america and lions are found in africa and so they would have to i guess get on a plane or a boat to make that affair happen so these have only happened in zoos in captivity and they look absolutely bonkers so they have the males have a mane and a spotted leopard coat it's it just looks like something, if I was, if you told me as a child, imagine a cross between a lion and a leopard, this is what I would imagine and doodle on my Lisa Frank notebook. I kind of looked at first, like they just put a lion's mane on a leopard. You know, they right. do that with like golden retrievers Yes, sometimes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, that's so cute. Oh, no, that's a real, it's that's just a glued terrifying on. beastie. Yeah. Like, cute, but terrifying. I think the most terrifying thought would be, like, oh, if this happened with, like, a snow leopard, it'd be like, oh, that'd be, like, the most crazy. You'd never see him coming. Yeah. You'd be, it would be done. I'm also thinking about, like, the vertical leap leopards have. Like, they frequently take, like, giant deer into trees and eat mm -hmm. them up there. And then a lion's, like, ability to just go forever as far as, like, running and hunting and stalking its prey. Like, this is, if it were in the wild somehow... I feel like it would be a very formidable creature. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, that is a concern when uh, hybrids are created like that. It would basically damage the environment that you release it into by outcompeting the native populations. And if these are sterile, I mean, it's they're just going to outcompete but then not reproduce or anything. So it's not like you can release them to try to repopulate an area with this new animal. But what it's interesting you had mentioned like these two, like the abilities of leopards to climb trees because reportedly their behaviors seem to be a combination of lion and leopard. So they liked to climb and swim like leopards while sporting this fantastic lion mane. So it's quite interesting. Um, and they... Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think it's like, it's really cool, but there's not really an ethical reason for this to exist other than to be fuel for Lisa Frank and her creative pursuits and not to knock that. But yeah, it's probably not just, it's not worth the risk of creating an animal that has a bunch of health problems. And yeah, but, uh, but I want to now talk about one that it seems to be happening in the wild, and it is called the Pizzly. I bet you can guess what a Pizzly is. It's a grizzly and a polar bear. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it looks so sad, though. Where is it? This one, I think this one's in the wild. Its facial expression, I think, is kind of inscrutable. It's not necessarily sad. 
but uh, <laughs> I do like I do like the idea that it's just perpetually sad, like I shouldn't exist. <laughs> so these are a combination of polar bear and grizzly bear DNA, which is it sounds like something again that a mad scientist tries to create to make a monster. Like you know, in Lilo and Stitch, the the guy he creates Stitch as basically just this ultimate monster just for the fun of it. That's what these yeah. guys sound like. <laughs> uh, and But these do happen in the wild. So there have been eight DNA-tested confirmed wild pizzlies all descending from the same polar bear mother, which it's crazy because it's like, I guess this polar bear mom just had a fetish for grizzly bear males. We should not fetishize grizzlies, okay? <laughs> polar bear mom, get it together. <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> she said, I will, um, you know, never go back. <laughs> so grizzly bears and polar bears uh, live in habitats that don't really always overlap that much, but... In the Canadian Arctic, especially now that it seems that grizzly bears are expanding their habitat further north and polar bears might start to be pushed out of their normal habitat due to global warming, these grizzly bear and polar bear encounters are more likely. So when they do like uh, so you can picture what these guys look like, it looks the one I'm looking at now, of course, are going to be different depending on what salad of genes they get. But this <laughs> one is white with a little bit off-white, like uh, sort of a cream colored, like a creme brulee <laughs> situation yeah, yeah. going on. A, a real toasted marshmallow of a bear. I'm just hungry is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it has the it has a it's big. It's maybe a little bigger than a grizzly bear, but it has a grizzly bear-shaped head, but polar bear fur and kind of, I don't know, it really does look like a blend of the two, but it's definitely, its head is a little more grizzly bear. Maybe its snout is a little longer because with polar bears, they are long and big, so their heads are actually kind of long, whereas grizzly bears have sort of a, a more squished in head and rounder head but yeah this it is really cute but if i saw this thing in the wild i would first pee myself and then <laughs> you know await death <laughs> i feel like what else could you possibly do this thing is massive we know polar both grizzlies and polar bears giant paws with yes. big claws yeah uh Although we've been talking a lot about which animals we'd want to cuddle, and if it wasn't certain death, I'd cuddle the <laughs> hell out of this guy. Look, he's so cute. Oh my god, I love him. Are these guys are just like up in the Yukon or something, like where their territories bump, just chilling. Yeah, I mean, so like in the in the Canadian Arctic region. So yeah, it's like they don't typically share the same environment, but sometimes there's a little bit of overlap, and I guess that there is that polar bear lady who was just super horny for grizzlies <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what grizzlies have the polar bears don't uh -huh. i bet they're like 
Polar bears are all worried about their environment. And she's like, these guys are way stressed out. I'm going to go down with the grizzlies where they're just chilling. They they made they made her like a berry salad and she'd never had it before. And she was won over. Good food will do that to you. <laughs> like all these dudes are cooking. Mm-hmm. I'm moving down here. Yeah. It's a seasoned berry salad. I'm staying. <laughs> this is where I will be forever. I'm also just like obsessed with that little streak at the top. I just yeah. like, like, I just. It's got a little brown creme brulee streak at the top. It's very cute. Yeah, like after he like runs after me and they tranquilize yeah. him, I will pet him. But like yeah. after it, after he like rips my face off and is wearing it as a hat, I'm gonna be like, oh, cute. <laughs> my dad, so he is a ocean physics researcher, and he's actually been to the Arctic a few times because they do research on the oceans up near the Arctic and they actually will go out on the ice to do research on the water there underneath the the Ooh. ice and they will sometimes encounter polar bears and i think my dad has seen a polar bear in person before and he says it is about as scary as you would expect cuz they he said it's just hard like photos don't really do them justice they're just such huge animals they are and they're so you can just sense how powerful they are so i think if i saw a polar bear and a grizzly bear in the wild and somehow lived to tell the tale i would not be afraid of anything ever again <laughs> seems reasonable i'm trying to picture like <sighs> When they're little and they're super cute and they're big eyes. And is their diet like, I know grizzlies eat like fish when the salmon are migrating, but they eat like, they'll eat like a deer too, right? Yeah, they're, they're quite um, omnivorous and they will eat. And these guys are super good swimmers. Oh my goodness. I think I just want to, I know we can't, but I just want to see all these animals in the wild being their like apex predator selves, <laughs> living their best lives, like tearing out every other uh-huh. animals. Like, how are they doing this? <laughs> Who's this new kid on the block? My God. Yeah. Uh, I just want them to thrive and shine and not be just our entertainment. That makes me sad. Create the ultimate bear and it just takes over the whole world and creates a bear society. You know? Bear president. Yeah. Bear president 2020. Pizzly 2020. <laughs> Get it trending, folks. Get it trending. Like someone's going to listen to this and start writing on a treatment for a movie <laughs> that is Here's all about right. all of these hybrid animals taking over the world. Yes. Yeah. Kids, do your thing. Yeah, do it. K-poppers, stand this bear. <laughs> I want him to be in Blackpink's next video. Let's go. Oh, yes, please. See, you love them, like, in their, like, predatorial adult stage. I just want all of them as babies, and then I'll just give them to you oh. when they're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a nursery full of hybrid animals. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. What have I done? What, ha- <laughs> what hath I wrought? I do I do love this story, though, because it is, it is just, like, a love story where it's just these bears getting it on in nature and creating these mega bears. I... I 
I love it. I'm charmed by it. I'm sold on the Pizzly. You're definitely here for him. I'm sure it has, there's like negative implications about climate change and habitats changing. Blah, blah, blah. blah. (laughs) Oh, I'm Katie. I care about the environment and I'm always concerned. (laughs) Give me cute animals, damn it. (laughs) Give me Pizzly Cubs. Pizzly Cubs. Yeah. Uh, But they are wonderful animals obviously if you ever tried to keep one as a pet it would destroy you uh, in a fashion that's probably well deserved but you know uh, <laughs> it's uh but yes I, I do love them look at pictures of the pizzly behold the pizzly worship the pizzly stand the pizzly but that is gonna do it for us today there are lots of more there are many more hybrids one little thing to know if you google image cool animal hybrids you're gonna get a lot of photoshop so just warning you about that that no there is not a shark horse hybrid just so you know (laughs) don't kill our dreams katie (laughs) well thank you guys so much for joining me today of course i was joined by kayla and joelle and so, Kayla, do you have anything to plug? Um, no, I'm just doing my biz out on those Twitter streets, you know, just trying to navigate and uh, stay sane. So uh, you can follow me at Maria double underscore Hisela, and that is Hisela, G-I-E-S-E-L-A. Don't forget the E because people do, and that's that. <laughs> I don't think you have to... Uh, I don't think you have to qualify. Like, there's an E in there. Please include it because that's how it's spelled. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. I'm just there. I uh, work as a PR and marketing associate for Pop Agenda. We do all kinds of stuff with indie games. So if you're into indie games, you can hit me up. Do you want about Pizzlies? Ooh, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm going to pitch that to one of our developers. Yes. <laughs> And thanks to our producer, Joelle Monique, joining us on the hot mic. Uh, always good to have you on. On Actually, wait, Joelle, do you want to plug your Twitter? Uh, if you're so inclined to follow me on Twitter, you don't have to. Don't, don't worry about it. But if you yes, wanted you to. Yes, you do. Don't listen to her. It's <laughs> compulsory. Uh, you can find me at Joelle Monique. It's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. And you can find us on the internet at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram, at Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F E A T, not F E E T. That's something very different. And of course, you can find me, Katie Golden, on Twitter at Katie Golden. That's G O L D I N. Just my Katie thoughts. Also, I'm doing some some cartoons, some uh, some hot Ooh. peanuts parodies of the the uh, of Charles Brown and and Snoopert his dog totally original concept so check that out if you if you so choose and as always i am at pro bird rights on twitter where i make the argument that the bird reckoning is inevitable so just accept it <laughs> thank you to thanks everybody for listening if you're enjoying this the show curse splash that button which button i don't know the the stars the rating the subscribe leave a review if you so choose i read every single review and appreciate all of them thank you so much and 
thank you to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Features, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, listen to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to your podcasts, even if it's like a old gramophone or got a tin can tied to a string or you're just ear ear to the wind and somehow you're receiving this podcast i don't care however you do it thanks everybody see you next wednesday trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.